God has seen fit to bless you with this gift, you should use it. Bless me? You know what God did for me? He threw an 18-wheel truck at me, bounced me into nowhere for five years. When I woke up, my, my, my girl was gone, my job was gone, my legs are just about useless. Bless me. God's been a real sport to me. We, we want to ride our motorcycles. Yeah, we don't want to be harassed by the man. Yeah. Hello, and welcome to a brand new episode of Fascinating with Films. <laughs> you don't remember that one? That's I don't remember. Roger Corman, man. I think I... Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. He yeah. played it on his documentary, did, too, man. and everything. Uh, how you been? I've been How's good. been the week? Been, it's been good. The been weather's good. been ridiculous. Weather's again. been crazy good, man. It's, that's Florida for you, man. It's freezing one day, and now it's uh, hot as hell. It was a couple days ago. It was like 40 in the morning, and then 78, I think we're done with that. I think we're, uh, I think we're just about out of that... Uh, yeah. I don't as think up north. Doesn't... Up north, they're not going to be out of it for a while. But yeah, I I have Norton on my phone. Yep. And I have Pittsburgh on my phone. Yeah, those are the two. So, uh, well, I have Norton, <laughs> and I always got to keep it up. But yeah, nothing new over here. Been buying a lot of stuff. Been doing a lot of uh, uh, eBaying and uh, stuff on the uh, stock market and stuff. So yeah, trying to. It's fun to. I I enjoy tracking that stuff. Yeah. I well, that's the. I am addicted to my phone, so another app where I can look at something cool. Yeah. I sold stock in January, and that was the first time I had sold stock in a year. Yeah. Um, back in the day. You were just a fiend. <laughs> I would buy something at 9, like 9.45 yeah. and sell it at 10.30 and then not trade again for the yeah. rest of the day. But how much would you make Ten, off of that? I would, make, I would, I would buy $10,000 worth of stock. I'd make 600 bucks. Oh, that's smart, though. And then, then sometimes a week I would wait. How many times do you get burned? About a third of the time. A third of the time. So I'm like badly burned, uh, or no, you just like you lost? No. Uh, I lost a couple. I never lost six hundred dollars on a day yeah, trade. Yeah, maybe a hundred. But I, it, you have to cut your losses at some yeah. point because over multiple days. Yeah, yeah. If you're, if you're, if you're, if you're, you just making, gotta say, okay, I thought I was gonna do. So something. If you're good at it, I mean, you could just, you just do ha- that. Well, the, the key is, and if anybody cares, is <laughs> pick ten stocks and just watch them. And then yeah. make notes. When does it go up? Why does it go up? What's going on with the company? They, they're all publicly traded companies, which means they have to tell you everything yeah. that's going on. You can look literally at where their debt is. You can look in their. You can read their financial mm-hmm. statements. You could tell how much they're spending on everything. Here's a question. So uh, 23andMe is about to go public. When they decide to go public that day, what does that price start at? That price starts at whatever the market. They usually have a public offering, yeah. and they'll say... Because I, it does. It's not like it opens and it's at one cent, and then Anybody, if you, if they you get, get in choose. that early. No, the people that have got in early are the ones that own the company. They so they already own a so portion a of it. Private company still has stock. Yeah. yeah. So if, do pre-productions. Yeah. You had fifty percent of the stock, and I had fifty percent of the stock. Yeah. If we were to go public, we'd say we're going to offer two million shares at a dollar fifty a piece, mm. and then if people thought that was a good deal, then. We would still hold some stock, and then that next day, that's why you see them all jumping up and down and become billionaires after a day. Because it's all trading places after that. Yeah. 
Oh, <laughs> uh, there's not there. There has been some good stock market movies, man, but not as many as you think. You the know? Big Short is the movie I recommend. That's the one I haven't watched yet, but I do own. So I, to I, I everybody definitely... in the world that wants to understand how greed can be bad, <laughs> watch the Big Short. Watch the Big. I mean, short. what other ones we have? So we got Wall Street, Wall the Street, big short, big short, Boiler Room, Boiler Room, you Wolf of Wall Street, Wolf of Wall Street. Uh, that, that's when we're getting a little. Uh, it's getting a little into the seediness. It's getting I mean, a little, or at seedy. least it's getting a little hard to think of movies at that point after those big ones. You know, there's only been five, six big ones. Is there another big one we're forgetting? Uh, um, besides those, I know Wall Street's probably. If you ask a hundred people, probably ninety-five people say Wall Street <laughs> when you ask about that movie. But I can't think of a whole lot. Yeah, interesting. I can't think of a whole yeah. They'll, I'm sure they'll make some. They'll, they're already gonna. They, someone already bought the rights to the GameStop thing, so we know that movie. I, I coming. did see that. Yeah, I think um, Netflix got onto that shit. I wonder who owns the rights to uh, to this last four years. Of <laughs> yeah. White I think House it's, Bliss. <laughs> I think it's Pickens, depending on who you're buying. Oliver Stone's got to be in the running for yeah. to make this one. Yeah, yeah. You I mean, imagine. do you need rights to do that type of thing? You I don't. mean. No, it's just if you're just using thing. I mean, if you were gonna follow, say, Michael Cohen's book, obviously you'd have to yeah. pay off Michael Cohen. But yeah, ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> that our guy here that we're about to talk about today, did he have any Wall Street ties here on any movies? I don't think so. Not in this list, at least. No. No. And yeah, today we're gonna talk about the fabulous Christopher Walken. I will, I will not try my hand at an impression. There's him, a great but... <laughs> tutorial online <laughs> on how to do it. You yeah. Say that and it's six steps, and it's from a. An old guy from England that has a thick accent. He's like, I'm going to give you the six steps. Here's what you do. (laughs) You start out doing Kermit the Frog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. This is Kermit the Frog here. And then slow it down. (laughs) This is Kermit the Frog here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep the New York accent because it's New York. And then make one-syllable words, two-syllable words. Yeah. The one thing you need to do. See, <laughs> Dave's here for you, people. I, I can't do it. I, I, the I, ice. I've, I've heard a lot of people. is going to break. I've already heard some really good people, too. <laughs> and That's, mine's not great, yeah. but I learned that in the last 30 minutes. That's funny. That's really funny. <laughs> uh, there's some of these where he's like, and we'll refer to him as full walking in here, and there's a couple of them in here where he just kind of goes in yeah. all mellow-like. I mean, he's obviously in, in The Deer Hunter. He's very mellow. But if you rewatch, like, The Prophecy, he is next level. Like, I always think of him and Samuel Jackson in the same way where you know that when they read the words you wrote on the script, it's not going to be how, unless you intentionally wrote it for them, yeah. it's going to be unlike something that you could even imagine uh, because they just take something and they inflect different, especially Christopher Walken. He inflects uh, phrases that you... Uh, he, he Yeah, he's like... Like when well, he's does well, a great what that scene. guy said, he said he makes one syllable words, two yeah. syllable words. Like when he uses the word why, he's like, why? Yeah. Well, even when he when he gets angry, it's great. Like if you pull up a, like a scene from like the prophecy where he's talking uh, opposite Eric Stoltz, and he's like, "I will not let you do this," and then he's like, just he fucks with the sentence structure. Yeah, it's it's very almost strange. like uh, Captain Kirk. Yeah, except he's a good actor. <laughs> not Captain Kirk. <laughs> no, he's we not gonna, a good actor. This wasn't going to be a Shatner. <laughs> we're not doing Shitting on. <laughs> hey man, yeah, I don't, we couldn't. It would be a hard. He wouldn't have enough stuff for us to do outside. I'd put him on a character actor pod. He could be on yeah, a character, even though pod. he uh, he's obviously a leading I man. I liked some stuff. of his. Uh, I liked some of his black and white stuff that hey. he did. Kingdom of the Spiders, man, love that shit. And the Twilight Zone thing that everyone thinks that was like a John Lithgow yeah. kind of original, where you want to see uh, Shatner play that John Lithgow character on the plane. It's a fun episode. 
All right, let's go back to some Christopher Walken here, man. We're going to start at, like, one of his big dogs, man, that is right off the bat. And he's got probably, I don't know, he's probably got 100, over 100 movies, and he's probably got 40 of them are good. So we had to trim this down to just kind and of. And he's one of those dudes that shows up in movies for yeah, 10 oh, yeah, minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like 10 uh, minutes. Balls of Fury is still one of my, it's not on the list, but Balls of Fury is one of my funniest things he does when he plays that, like, Mortal Kombat guy on the island, the ping pong movie. <laughs> and he. When you first see him, he says, okie dokie, artichokey. <laughs> he just walks on and just hearing him say all those crazy things is wild. So you'll, there's a lot of them you won't hear about that you're obviously a huge Christopher Walken fan. But we definitely picked a cross-section of ones that show his range and how different he can play as characters. And that first one's one of his best roles. It's not my favorite of his. I'm trying to think what my favorite role of him. Probably number five. Uh, number five, he was next level in. But the, the good, first one. The Good Dad movie? Uh, what's that? Yeah, the, the Bad Dad movie. No, The Good Dad. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> you could go with that. <laughs> gave him a car. I think you might be a little skewed there. <laughs> so this first one, 1978, one of my favorite directors, Michael uh, Cimino, The Deer Hunter. I love Michael Cimino. Michael Cimino is he did uh, Year of the Dragon was my one of my all time favorite movies that he did with Mickey Rourke, and we just talked about a Michael Cimino movie somewhat recently. What the fuck was it? I can't uh, remember it. Damn, did I'd he have do to pull the one up. with the bank robbery? Uh, which one bank when, robbery? When he was trying to pay for the transgender. Uh, no, Scorsese. that was Sydney uh, uh, Sydney Lumet. I'll have to uh, look it up at some point because he's only done like five movies. I always compare him to Hendrix because he he came on for like three years and then died uh, and put out like five movies and you're like, holy shit, this guy would have done some great stuff. Deer Hunter was always great. I think everyone gave it shit growing up for the wedding sequence, you know? I mean, when you're young, it's it, it's, it's kind of boring. I wonder how long when it you're actually older, ran because it may have seemed like, like it rang. It seems like it ran for an hour and it probably was only 17 minutes or something like that. But that's still long. That's long for a scene. 17 minute scene. I just remember the him punching the girl in the face. Yeah, that was crazy. It was like our our wild, like, uh, I don't even know if it was a uh, religious-based or an ethnic-based wedding, was it? It looked like, it looked like, like an Greek Italian Orthodox. Or Greek, Greek yeah. Orthodox. Because they were wild. You could tell the, these guys were drinkers. I mean, when the when that scene started, and basically they're building that huge wedding scene that just same, for it, us that, to, that, to uh, recognize these characters, you know? And that bank robbery movie I was talking about, it's the same character. He was in this movie too, right? The one the trans there was wanted transgender surgery. Uh, the one who wanted it. The, the guy Fredo, is he uh, in this? Fredo wasn't in uh, Deer. Oh yeah, Fredo was in Deer Hunter. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he was good. He was one of the ones that didn't go to war. That's right. Which makes sense. And it was Pennsylvania, right? I think so. I think that's right. I think it was like yeah, it might have been Pittsburgh actually. In fact, so they do a lot of hunting. I'll have to look there. it up. Yeah, well, that was a big thing for this, and, I, and that's why I always appreciated the opening wedding sequence because it, it got the expedition out. There's no other better way to learn who these characters are because we're trying to learn three, four main characters here. John Savage is one of them. So, they worked the night uh, shift, right? Is that what their thing was? They work, all worked the night the, shift? I thought they were all working the night shifts and they'd go to the bar mm. when the first thing in the morning. I remember, I remember I, Dad taking me into Boston one morning to do some work, Yeah, and there was... There was a bar and it was jumping at seven in the morning. <laughs> yeah, and probably people my just dad's got like off. It's all night, night shift. shift. Yeah, people. that makes sense. I work the night shift, but I want to go to sleep when I'm yeah. done. 
I want a bowl of cereal and go to sleep. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna drink. <laughs> but yeah, I, so I had no problem with the wedding sequence, man. And it, it, however long it lasted, it showed you a whole bunch of cool stuff. And then it went from right into that into the hunting trip and everything. And then after those first two scenes, and I mean we're in Vietnam, mm-hmm. and they're they're already captured and like in the shit, man. And that scene, if if you were complaining about some uh, slow, non-active shit happening when that... Uh, when he's like, I rewatched that scene recently. Stressful, man. When he's like... Super stressful. Only, he's only trying to scare you. Yeah, yeah. He's there's an empty, a, there's an empty thing in that chamber. He's doing a good job. <laughs> yeah, there's an empty thing in that chamber. Uh, mm-hmm. So, yeah, basically what happens at, at the scene where they're captured by the... Um, Viet Cong. By the Viet Cong, and the Viet Cong are forcing them to play Russian roulette opposite each other. And we, we so we see somebody die, and then it's it's De Niro against Christopher Walken, and they're like best friends. We just saw them go through all this shit together, and they're having a hard time. And Christopher Walken's putting in like a Oscar worthy performance. He might have won the Oscar for this. I have to look up if he's won. Usually, I'll check and see who uh, if our that, guy we're talking about that, is Oscar uh, winner. That video game that we used to play together, that we loved a lot. The conflict Vietnam video uh, game. Oh yeah, had a level where you got all four of them got captured. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they that was made, the beginning, wasn't it? No, oh, no, no. I know what you're talking about. And then yeah. they, and then they, if you watch the, you know how they have like a little movie script play. Sometimes, most of the time, you fast forward through it. But if you watch it, they play Russian roulette, just like the That's part true. in this movie. So he won the Oscar for this. He won for best supporting. He won the Oscar role. in his first movie. Yep, one of his first Deer movies. Hunter. That's the only one he uh, won. He was nominated. He's only been nominated twice. For Oscars, and the other nomination, it's not on the list uh, because he's in it so little. Is well, we do have movies on here where he's only been on the screen for two and a half minutes. But uh, Catch Me If You Can, which yeah. was great, he was and, great. But yeah, The Deer Hunter, he, he had was to in put that it. movie. He had like five, six. Yeah, scenes. he had five or six scenes. It wasn't too, too small. But so that scene was intense. De Niro was so good in that scene too, man. Where he is just trying to keep it together, and you were like, you could tell that De Niro had a little bit of craziness to him. Like you thought, if you were watching this movie and you someone was going to tell you one of these guys is going to go crazy and they're going to go back to Vietnam and get, really get into the <laughs> Russian roulette game, you would probably have thought it was De Niro because De Niro was like, do it, do it, do it, and really into it. So they went through a few of the rounds of Can't the Russian roulette. Can't you only roulette. play like six times? Isn't yeah. that the law oh. of average? I know that's it's, <laughs> it's crazy. I guess you do it once or twice and get the fuck out. <laughs> it's a young man's game. You well, that's what out. it did. So De Niro took two, and uh, Walken took two, and De Niro was up for the other one, and he he immediately uh, shot one guy in the head, and then they all jumped into action, grabbed the. But there was still uh, a AK. chance that it wouldn't have gone. Yeah, out, yeah, it was, was still a chance. Chamber. He was he was gambling with the fact that it was in there because if he had clicked that and it hadn't moved, they probably would have shot De Niro right on the spot. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it worked for him. They got out of the situation. Remember, John Savage is in the water and everything, and they're pulling him out. And he ends up losing his legs uh, because there's there's several different parts to this movie. I mean, we got that big opening where we get to know the characters. Then you got that big chunk in Vietnam, which isn't too chunky. You could have been a little bit uh, bigger, but I I can. Uh, appreciate he was on a budget. I appreciate the kind of uh, the arc that he did here, and then the rest of it was when they got back, and how uncomfortable it was for like some of them for De Niro. Some, some, you almost forget Meryl Streep's in this movie. Yeah, you know, I mean, because she had such a small part. She was the one that was going to marry uh, Walken, right? I think she was going to marry Walken, and then things were all bad and. 
then obviously Walken went back to Vietnam, which yeah, this is. And they went, De Niro went back to try to get him. Yeah, right? went back and tried to get him, and had that crazy end sequence where you you are watching the Russian roulette again, and you know, I mean, there's no way they're going to end it the same way they ended the yeah. last one. So you knew it was going to end badly for somebody, and uh, it was powerful, man. Yeah, I wonder. Deer Hunter must have shocked some people because there wasn't a whole lot of Vietnam movies out in 1978. I mean, think of the big Vietnam movies that we're all fans of, you know, Platoon, 86, uh, Full Metal Jacket, I think is 87, and I heard an interesting thing on uh, Twitter yesterday about Full Metal Jacket. Someone posted an image of Matthew Modine getting his hair shaved, (laughs) and they asked, they said, hey, Matt, did you wear, uh, because... Kubrick likes to get so many shots. Did you have to wear like fake hair and then him shave it? And he's like, "Nope, one shot." He says, "That's the first that one was all time." Our, he says, "That was all our hair, and we all got it shaved on camera, one shot. And if it, it blew it, it blew it." So uh, that was interesting. But they went through everybody, and, yeah, right? They did they, go they, through everyone. That was pretty cool. Yeah, so if, luckily, they just got the guys who used to do it, and just like, I wonder if they did five people beforehand just yeah. to get their <laughs> their rhythm going. I, I mean, if you've, well, been, if you've been doing that in the army for forty years, you could cut yeah. someone's hair. Knowing Kubrick, he's like, you people on the crew are going to get your head shaved. Yeah. <laughs> Next, <laughs> he says these five guys are the only ones that really matter that we're going to see on camera here. So <laughs> make sure you don't <laughs> fuck up uh, Modine's hair here. So yeah, Deer Hunter, man, it was it was fabulous, man. It was it's difficult, it's slow, it's a war movie, but I mean, it has some serious character development some serious cinematography in that movie like when they're out hunting at the beginning Mm -hmm. with the uh with the deer in the background i mean shouldn't hunt while you're drunk by the way just i mean is the vietnam stuff your favorite stuff i would have to imagine it's my favorite i mean it's the exciting stuff on there not and i just remember that it was filmed really gritty yeah the whole movie was had that oh yeah godfather style 70s it was same year as godfather 2 i think so yeah it's Big year for for Michael Cimio, and it's certainly a big year for Walken. Uh, I think we'll go 1983 for the next one. This is one that I don't think a lot of people have seen. We watched this a lot growing up. I remember yeah. Dad really enjoying this movie, and it took there was some difficult scene, scenes in it. I remember it as a kid uh, that kind of scared me as a kid, and it, I think it was a PG movie too. So, and this was 1983's Brainstorm, and. Uh... A 90s movie totally ripped this movie off. The one with Ray Fiennes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Strange Days. <laughs> I forgot. This, how if much you've it seen Strange Days and we don't even have to tell you about the plot of Brainstorm. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, man, they just they went check, check, yeah, check, yeah, check, yeah. check. I thought this was a Michael Crichton movie. It really felt like a Michael Crichton movie, didn't it? It's sort uh, of. Yeah, like Coma and all those movies because he did a lot of that stuff. And I loved uh, the, the cast in this. So we've got Louise Fletcher. Who else we got? Natalie Wood, who is interesting she enough. Died la- during the filming. Her, during the filming, yeah. I yeah. don't think she ever saw it come out. They had to redo the end. Oh, did they redo she the end? She, I didn't know that. She couldn't finish shooting. Wow. She went out on a yacht They had husband. gotten some. They had gotten some footage at that phone booth. Mm-hmm. They had done like some pre-tests and stuff, and that wasn't even primary shooting. They, you had to use that footage. Wow. Yeah, she went on a yacht and never came back. Yeah, don't do that. Don't do that. Who was the uh, the guy, her husband at the time? They killed her, was, Robert uh, Wagner. Robert Wagner, yeah. Or, <laughs> I was just, it's still speculative, but yeah, I mean, it doesn't, <laughs> it does point to that. <laughs> they just happened to get in a huge fight, and yeah, then yeah. she happens to die. Yeah, she didn't show back up, because people yeah. fall off boats all the time yeah. and don't make it back. <laughs> I mean, that does happen, but. Yeah, I love Natalie Wood, man. She was great. Uh, she was great in uh, Rebel Without a Cause. And a lot of those old stuff. She, she was, was great on, in this. I mean, she, she was, was a little on, older in this. She was too. the she, little kid from uh, Miracle on Thirty Fourth yep, Street. Yep, Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street. Yeah, I always like that one too. So 
you've got obviously got Walken, you got Natalie Wood, you have the guy Cliff Robinson who played Superman's dad mm-hmm. in the Tobey Maguire Superman or, or Super uh, Spider Man. Yeah. Uh, Tobey Maguire's yeah. uh, dad. I you had uh, the the woman that had a heart attack. She's New Louise Fletcher. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's Nurse Ratchet. Nurse, Nurse Ratchet. Ratchet, man. It's one of the li- most likable roles that she's done because oh, yeah. she always Maybe plays the a only. bitch. <laughs> I mean, because Flowers in the Attic, Invaders from uh, Mars, and One Flew the Cuckoo's Nest, she is crazy nuts in that movie. She just Some people are just good at it, man. <laughs> it's crazy. I was watching, who was I watching the other day with my girl, and I was like, man, this guy just can play an awesome villain. He just does it all the time. Can't remember who it was. It'll, it'll come to me. So, yeah, why don't you tell us the main gist that kind of differs, or if no one's familiar with Strange Days, obviously, we need to. So, basically, they they were, they invented this for lack of a better term, it, a, a web device that went on your head like a helmet, and it, if if I was skiing, yep. it would record everything I was feeling and seeing, and then you could watch it, and you would feel yeah. the wind, you would feel the it's cold. Like the best virtual reality yeah, ever, really. Literally, just it recorded my brain functions and played them to somebody else, so they yeah. could feel so it in real time. it would like speed your heart up, and it would do a whole yeah. bunch of stuff, depending on what you're what you're doing. And like anything cool. The government stepped in and was yeah. like, "This has military application." Yeah. Well, at the beginning, they were like, "Well, there's, there's nothing dangerous about this," you know. And they they and didn't think so. They didn't think so. And you, you're seeing a lot of cool stuff. I mean, there that the strip clubs. Obviously, there's a whole market of sex in this whole industry that you can immediately see. I mean, the the military saw that side. The uh, Larry I mean, Flint's the on the other side going. Yeah, the, yeah, cool the stuff, stuff on the roller that coasters and the, and, and the uh, bird flying. Yep. Or, oh, you or were flying in the air. They put it on a bird and everything. It's really cool, and it, it starts going crazy when Louise he did Fletcher it with a one monkey. Night. They put it on a monkey's head. Yeah. Remember they tricked walking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that. right. <laughs> uh, so the the movie kind of takes a turn once Louise Fletcher has a heart attack. Yeah. So while she's having a heart attack, she because you have to actually put the application on and push mm-hmm. the record. She yeah. was one of the kind of she uh, was the developer. Yeah, she was like the main engineer though. So she knew exactly what she was doing. She just happened to be in the studio that they do this all in at night, and she starts having a heart attack. She, she, you could tell she's having a heart attack. She, she reaches it over. She pushes record. She puts her whole thing on her head, and she records it, mm-hmm. and not realizing. Uh, what would happen if someone else would put that on their head and replay it? Because, I mean, there hasn't been an instance that was like this before. And what did happen? Who was the first person to put it on their head? Walken was the first person and immediately started having a heart attack, remember? Yeah. And, and so and- they had to retool the machine so that it wouldn't pass on the physical part of it. Yeah. So they, they didn't want to dump the whole program or anything like they no, said. No, nah, we can work this out. I mean, she wanted <laughs> them to see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it, it, the proof of an afterlife is... A, it doesn't, I mean, I hope there is. Yeah. Well, and that's what they were doing. But it was done in a cool... Some people really want to know yeah, 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 that yeah. there's an afterlife. Yeah, and it's certainly good for movies. It's good for movies. <laughs> and scripts and stuff. But And this was done in a very good, like, 1983, this was the start of a lot of computer animation. Yeah, and, and the computer like, animation and the edits in this movie were really well done. That's what remind that part is what reminded me What was really me cool Crichton. to me is all the cool robotic stuff. Yeah. I mean, now it's kind of antiquated. Oh, yeah, very. But... Back then, it, that stuff was just coming out, mm-hmm. like the robot arms that would pick up stuff and move it around. Yeah. And I remember when that what stuff I, came out, first of all. I remember being slightly disturbed. Was there nudity in this movie, too? Is that the reason yeah. we weren't allowed to watch it, too? Yeah, because the, I, I remember being seeing the scene where his son action, accidentally put it on. It was and nudity it was with the, disturbing. that one guy that had watched the porn. Gotcha. 
but the the son so Christopher Walken just kept this tape at his house yeah. and his son went there to and because he knew about it he had his son doing like the, the mild stuff obviously you can do it with the roller coaster and shit it's not gonna hurt you but the son accidentally put the the, the heart that, attack thing on no he put the he put the one oh, the guy the having one. the mental breakdown that's right I totally forgot about the other one that they had recorded <laughs> with that and. His, his son went into like a coma. Well, because the what the government was first doing with it is they were doing it to, they were doing it to educate all their soldiers on mm-hmm. what this is what it feels like to have a you have five seconds to turn off the tape if yeah. you wish to go no further and it's like five four three and then they showed you a clip of some dude freaking the fuck out <laughs> for like Crazy, two man. seconds and then you cut it but yeah. then you knew later on the kid. It's had like done getting it waterboarded, you know? Yeah. yeah, you could just what's my safe word here? <laughs> <laughs> but the. I love how Christopher Walken reacted when the, he came into the room and the kid's wearing it, and he just he slapped it off the kid's head and said, no! <laughs> and then one of his great Christopher Walken screams, and then grabbed him, like, really abruptly and was, like, holding him tight and everything. And then... It would be fun to work with Christopher Walken, because, like you said before... You never know what you're going to get. He's going to give you something different than you originally thought, yeah. and it's probably going to be cooler than something you could have thought yeah, about. Yeah. I mean, he's one of those guys that you you don't hear bad things said about. You only hear this guy's the, the, the biggest professional. He's a... He's a star dancer. Have you ever watched? Pull up Christopher. If you haven't seen Christopher yeah, Reeve, man, that's the first uh, time I saw Reeve. Christopher Walken, Fat Boy Slim video. Pull, oh, pull no, that up on YouTube. Boots. Pull up, pull some boots. Yeah, Puss and Boots is good too. But if you the, if you remember the uh, Fat Boy Slim video yeah. where he just dances, it's just uh-huh. him. It's just him dancing. Yeah. Well, by he himself. did the same thing in Puss and Boots. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> It was just him, uh, and he was in a little elf costume. Yeah, I mean that is a, <laughs> that is kind of a bonus. Yeah, screw that. Pull that one up. <laughs> but. Yeah, he was great in this. He showed his chops of him just going on that wild side and his delivery and everything he uh, he did. Next one, probably it's on my top, probably fifty movies yeah. of all time. And my my one wife had best, never seen one of the my best wife had never seen this adaptions of oh one yeah of the, of absolutely the King. absolutely one of the best adaptions. This nineteen eighty three same year as Brainstorm, The Dead Zone. My wife had never seen it. And I put it on the other day. She yeah, I, no, she had never seen it, and still, I I jumped around. Did she like it? Uh, she liked it. I jumped around a little bit because I uh, I had a time crunch, anyways. But I just, I don't need to rewatch the Dead Zone for uh, for sure. I, we have never had a uh, David Cronenberg pod. You know that? Isn't that weird? Doesn't seem like something we had done before. Seems like we've talked about. I, it and I've gone over my list like twice, so I don't want to do a. I don't want to accidentally repeat it, even though he he could deserve it. But <laughs> I would have to look a third time because we it seems like we we probably should have done a David Cronenberg pod from now. So we might have to do one, uh, and we'll be talking about this from his standpoint. But great David Cronenberg, probably the most uh, easy Cronenberg movie to watch. I didn't, to Cronenberg. I didn't even know Cronenberg yeah. did it. Yeah. That's how easy it is to watch. Yeah, because Cronenberg is he weird, followed man. The, that he and t- The Fly. He towed probably, the line on this one. That and The Fly were his two normal type well, movies. Even and even The Fly, the fly had some moments weird. in it that you were like, all right, that's some body horror stuff mm-hmm. when he's losing his arm and stuff. Because his he started. Falling out his teeth because Cronenberg started with Rabid and the it was it was this, the one about the bugs. Ugh, it was gross. Uh, so he started being nasty at the beginning. So the Dead Zone, the fact that he got it, he did a great job with it. Great music, great acting, and a great adaption. Like you said, it was the best Stephen King adaption. I remember our grandfather read the book, our mom's dad, uh, Jack, and he read the book, and he loved it so much that he wanted to read another one, and it, it was just a total letdown after that. We, uh, we gave him Christine to read, and he's like, eh, awesome. it's not the same. Yeah, yeah. He he liked the fact that it was it was 
somewhat grounded other than his ability and his ability seemed cool enough that it wasn't like a car coming to life and everything so much so he liked it so much so that i said well i own it on vhs at this point and he was like well can you set it up in your vcr and i'll come over and this is on, on port charlotte uh, i'll come over and i'll watch it uh one afternoon while you guys are at school and everything i was like hey watch it when i'm here man i'll watch it but he, he said ah, i got time during the day and so he came over he came he let himself in the port shot sat down on the couch and uh watched the dead zone and loved it <laughs> thankfully it was like a good adaption for uh to get it but i love this movie man tell people a little about that don't know about what these the powers are i mean it's one he got he gets in a in a really bad accident yeah it almost starts on the He's tutoring coaster. the kid, right? Uh, not yet. That, that's no. He, he, in the middle of beginning of the movie, he's, he's tutoring just, kids, not that kid. No, he's working at the school. He's a school teacher. Remember, okay. he gave him the uh, at the beginning. He gave him the assignment. Uh, they're going over the uh, Christmas break or something, and he says, "Read the Legend of Sleepy Hollow over the break and everything." But he's dating that girl, mm-hmm. uh, the brunette. Uh, I can't remember her name. She's really good in this too. And they go to the. Um, is it the circus or the amusement park? And they go on the roller coaster, and he feels something on the roller coaster. And uh, you could see, remember, he grabs his grabs his head, and he's like, "I'm not feeling good." And then they go back to her house, and remember, it's raining, and she wants him to stay. And uh, some things are worth waiting for. And that shouldn't have done that. Shouldn't have waited, because when he left her house, got on the road, pouring rain, uh, someone was falling asleep driving a milk truck, and then he slammed into them and immediately went into a coma. And he was there for quite a while. He was there for like five to seven years, yeah, maybe. Like she or maybe moved, it was 12 years. She moved on. Yeah, yeah. She moved on. Uh, it's got a... It, you, and to him, when you wake up, it's like the next day. It's like day. the next day. It's, and like, it's like, oh, shit. I'm wait, alive. My girlfriend's... The woman... Because even like before he left the house, he's not going to marry you someday. And she's like, you better. And it was like they were fully in love, ready to get married. So when he got out, it was... And his parents were old, and yeah, I mean, he, the great scene. He couldn't where, walk very well. He had a he had a limp. He had yeah. to walk with a cane. I, I love the doctor, the guy who plays Weezak. Oh, yeah, yeah. He played Captain Nemo. Did in, he? in what was it? It wasn't the Disney one. It wasn't Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea, but it was I think the sequel to that, which is Fantastic Island or Fantastic Journey. Really built. Built motherfucker, really? man. It was crazy to see him, but he has that same voice. So he played the doctor. But uh, some of my favorite stuff is in that hospital, you know, when he wakes up and they first have to tell oh, him. And I, they have he to grabs tell him. the nurse the very He's first like, well, yeah, thing they, he they does. do do that. Uh, so we should probably talk about that before we talk about when his parents come in. The, yes. That nurse scene is and the, one of my it, favorite it was cool scenes. He grabs the nurse's arm and he's like, your house is on fire. Your kids, yeah. Your house is. He on says, fire. "Amy." He's and, like, she's like, "Amy's my daughter's name." He says, "Amy's and, in the fire." But then you saw he had flames. Remember? Yep. Like he's in the bedroom. You you could see him in the bedroom. Yeah. So he, it, like it morphs between him being there, yep. not really, but 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 even leading up to it was great. The the nurse came over to him just to wipe the sweat off his brow, and when she touched his brow, his hand snaps onto her wrist and everything. And and so you realize, holy he's shit, got to work on his technique of yeah, yeah. laying on the hands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he does it good with the doctor. Uh, so we we see, oh shit, he has some ability to see things like uh, like a premonition type style, things that have happened in the past. Didn't, things Cartman, that are, get this, didn't well, Cartman get this power? 
Who is this? Cartman? Did he? Did they, they have a dead yeah. zone? Yeah, they did yeah. have a dead zone episode. That's funny. <laughs> well, so not only could he see things in the present, he could see things in the past, and he can see things in the future, and he can affect all of them. So it's just this great premise. You're like, oh, I can't wait. And they don't let you down with how many things they show you, too, because a lot of times you see this in movies, and they, they show you three or four where they should have showed you 12. It was a pretty good amount. And there was even one great one where we didn't even see it. When he grabbed the uh, the reporter, the asshole reporter's hand, he says, you want to know if you're going to live or die? I'm going to I'm gonna die. You're going to die. He says, no, you want to know why your sister killed herself, didn't you? And, and then he freaks out. He starts to get the fuck away from me, you freak. And you realize, oh, shit, he just saw something and revealed it to them. I wish we could have seen what he saw, but... Be so, quite a burden. So yeah, so to know he, things about other oh, people. God, well, that's how he has to go in like uh, seclusion at some point, and he was showing like yeah, the letters he's getting away. Up in the mountains. It, it'll be different, but he feel when it happens, he he almost feels like he's dying, and that's what makes it really difficult because he probably would be sitting in a big chair, shaking people's hands all day long, telling them that what they want to know. Otherwise, but it, since it's causing him pain, he obviously doesn't want to do it. Probably. Yeah, I mean, he, he goes to these places. He very similar to like brainstorm. I think he's feeling things that are that are being felt in those situations. The the one that I mean, the doctor was one two, was great. There was two things that screwed me up big time with this movie. Oh yeah, the Dodd, the one obviously, the Dodd one obviously. With the scissors. Oh, I but, showed that to my girl oh, too. Oh. That can't watch it. Well, I if tell her. hadn't I, have shown him in the bathtub, like the twitch. around. Yeah, the twitch. It, yeah. it was like a final twitch. It was cr- but crazy. The uh, growing up in where we grew up. Yeah. It wasn't like Maine and Buffalo, where yeah. when they say the ice is frozen, you could bring you your drive F- your truck. Yeah, there, you drive yeah. your F-150. <laughs> I went. Did I ever tell you? I went to Maine, and someone said we're going to a snowmobile race, and we were going down this through the woods. And they're like, there's going to be like 300 people there. I said, we're driving through the woods. It felt like we were yeah. going to our death. And the, <laughs> the trees opened up, and there was 300 cars parked on the ice yeah. next to each other. Yep. And I was like, this seems dangerous. And then some guy pulled a plug out. It was like a three-foot plug yeah. that they were fishing. Yeah, He's thing, like, it took a day and a half to drill this hole. <laughs> this thing ain't breaking, dude. He's <laughs> like, the God earth himself will, yeah, will have the, to come earth down. The crust will have to split first. Thor with his hammer. But <laughs> when we grew down. up, it wasn't like that. Yeah. Remember Paul yeah, 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 yeah. He We had a friend that and had I liked the sound where the ice was breaking, but we would only... I would do it in like a foot of water, you know, like puddles and everything. I loved, Steven I loved and I used to go... Dunlop and I used to go... Do some crazy stuff. I went on Fulton's Pond once when I it was when it was about, frozen, but not even far out. I was like, I yeah, I, I, I'll go. Like five you just have to if you feel like it's breaking, you got to yeah. stick your arms out, yeah, directly straight out perpendicular to your body. So yeah, tell us about the the scene with the kitty. So he's so he's, he's tutoring a little kid. So people, pe- people, he. He's trying it's like to a do- second part of the movie starts, yeah. you know, because the first part, it was him figuring out his powers. Then he helped Tom Scarrett, the cop, yep. uh, f- figure out the serial killer thing. And it was awesome. We should we'll, that was we'll leave it at that. That was the uh, the, yeah, serial killer. The, the serial killer one, and it was awesome. You, you could have stretched that out to yeah. the whole movie, mm-hmm. yeah. and you would have been oh, yeah. just as fine. But I was totally fine so he was with trying it being to a 10-minute thing. He was just trying to live a normal life, yeah. and somebody was, was going to give him a good job. He was shot during that sequence with the serial killer thing so he had to he walked with a limp after that and he had to move away and uh but he got hired for a rich guy was looking for a tutor for his son yeah really great actor uh anthony zerby yeah yeah and he was he was trying to get the kid to open up the kid was the kid from damien it wasn't no he just he was the only thing i saw him in but he had like that yeah that bowl cut just kind of yeah no not damien it looked like the kid from the 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 hounds of not the the one where they were cloning, cloning Hitler. People. Oh yeah, yeah. He did kind of look like him, but I don't think that's him. No. Okay, boys from Brazil. I think it was. It could be, but yeah. I'm gonna say yes. <laughs> I gotta say yes. 
Someone give that kid a residual check. <laughs> <laughs> so the father obviously knows what he's. Yeah. Well, he, he d- but, but, Johnny had like an incident. Remember, he opens the door and his his ex wife, who he thought he moved away from, or his ex girlfriend, is like campaigning for the senator played by Martin Sheen. Yeah. And uh, he he's all distraught by it. So the kid's about to go home, and Johnny grabs him and gives him a hug. And then when he gives him a hug, he he sees him falling through the ice with a full hockey uniform yeah. on. He doesn't know actually he, he plays hockey or anything. And they're falling and falling. And uh, I don't think he tells him right away. No, I think he says, I'm going home with you. Yeah. He says, my dad's here. He says, I'm going with you. So he he sees later his dad. Like right when they arrive home. His dad's like, let's go. Yeah, right when he pulls up, they're yeah. filling the van with hockey, hockey gear. <laughs> and he's like, shit, don't go. Yeah. You're going to, the ice is going to break. Oh, man, it's one of his, his best. If you had to pick line. one of the top yeah. ten Christopher Walken moments. Because he takes moments, his cane. Yeah. And he like smashes it, doesn't he? Smash smashes something. a base. And, like, yeah. yeah. Like he wasn't paying attention. The guy was blowing him off. Yeah. So he's like, to get his attention, he grabbed his cane and he smashes the vase. Yeah. And he's like, the ice is going to break. Yeah. And then the father freaks out and he's like, don't you know who I am? He says, yeah, I know who you are. You think he I let you in my. Off. The dad says, okay, I'll call it off. Yeah. And he then he grabs the kid's hand. He grabs the kid's hand and, and he, the he kid's sees fine. the kid's fine. And then you find out. Well, Christopher Walken leaves, and then the dad comes into the room. He says, oh, you ready to go? He says, like, you called it off. He says, oh, that was just for him. He says, you want to go play hockey with your friends? You want to sit here in the room and sulk by yourself? And the kid just turns around. So yep. the dad's like, fine, I'll go uh, do the hockey and game then, with your friends. Yeah, and then you and see. they all died. And then he's you cheap bastard. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the kid was safe though. Christopher Walken had like saw like a newspaper and yeah. saw that the, that happened. So he immediately called the kid, and the kid answered the phone. And Johnny didn't even I say anything. Yeah, he didn't, he didn't even, even say anything. anything because the kid even said his name, Johnny. Uh, so he knew it was him. He knew he was safe, and that was fine. And then that was, yeah, I don't know those other kids. Screw them. Then the big <laughs> one, man. So he goes out to a campaign rally where Martin Sheen, and this really kind of ties to the last administration a little bit, yeah. like you would imagine this would be. <sighs> this is such a great movie. I need to recommend this. Movie oh, to more so people. good, man. So he goes to this rally and he he touches uh, Martin, well, Sheen's Martin Sheen's hand. shaking everybody's hand yeah. like a politician. Does. And he hears Martin Sheen's an asshole. And he yeah. met him once and he puts a button on him. It yeah, wasn't a big deal. But Anthony Zerby had said this guy is dangerous. His ex was campaigning for him, yeah. right? But Anthony Zerby had told him, he says, this motherfucker, he, he said, this turkey is dangerous. It was yeah. his exact uh, line. So when he grabs his hand, we hadn't, we had seen future, but only a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like this was like, 20 years down the line yeah. this guy is going to become president he was mostly showing stuff that's either happening with the nurse right yeah. now or the ice is going to break yeah. tomorrow so he's seeing it like 20 years later where martin sheen actually becomes president that was such and a starts great world war three oh man when he was in the room and he you don't get man. to see martin sheen play angry much no. ever almost but he was almost calm he's like fulfill your destiny yeah but he freaked out at some point. He turned red, and he was like, God damn it, I'll hack your hand off, and I'll put it on for you if you don't uh, put your hand on that scanning board or whatever to launch and what the, year the was weapons. what De- Definitely yeah. right in the height of the of the Cold War oh, with Russia. God. But th- it was, I wonder how many movies that came out in that period that were like taking advantage of communist, scaring yeah. end-of-the-world nuclear weapons. With Martin Sheen doing it, probably not a lot. That Martin Sheen is so great, and like I said, he he plays this mild manner character. I can only think of two times, and I've seen a, quite a bit of Martin Sheen where he gets really fucking pissed. And it was this movie, and it was the scene in uh, Wall Street at the end where he where he screams at uh, Charlie Sheen, yeah. uh, just like a one second scream he does at him and everything. And you're like, oh, you forget Martin Sheen uh, can get angry like that because he just plays this mild mannered guy. Now he's doing pharmacy commercials and stuff, and he's on Grace and Frankie and uh, playing a gay guy in Grace and Frankie. So it's funny as hell to I mean, watch. He, he hacked that one actor's head off in Apocalypse Now. 
Yeah, I guess he did. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> did he get angry doing it, though? No. <laughs> no, he did it pretty he, he asked him to do it. It was pretty remember? mellow, yeah. <laughs> uh, so the next one here, we're going to jump uh, two years in the future mm-hmm. here. And, mm-hmm. oh, man. It, it's, got a, it's like a special gift if you are hired to be a villain in a Bond movie, oh. you know? If they recognize it's, something in you. Yeah, you, you know that you're going next level. Like, the idea that they have not got... Um, what's our There Will Be Blood Daniel Day-Lewis for a Bond movie there's no way that they haven't tried there's no fucking way no there's no way I mean like play it like There Will Be Blood and we would love them and they've tentatively added a date just to jump forward here in Oct- hey, for what, October for the 10th time uh, yeah yeah for sure <laughs> but I, I understand why it looks awesome, and Remy Malek is playing the villain in it, and I cannot wait to see Remy Malek play the villain. He is awesome. Have you seen He's the guy that played Queen? Oh, God, you gotta, I got to lend that movie to him. It's one of Mom's favorite, man. That and Rocket Man, so good. There Probably was a, two of the best biops yeah, I've ever seen. And I've wanted to see both oh, of them. So they both are next level good. Uh, next level. I don't have time to watch movies. If I see him I'll, for sale, <laughs> I'll just buy him for you, because I know you're going to love him. The... Uh, but so he played a Bond villain in A View to a Kill, 1985. This was one of a this one was a big Bond ones. movie for yeah. us because we were of age where we were watching everything, and uh, it was on HBO, and we were huge Roger Moore fans. Where a lot of people obviously were not; they were carryovers from Connery. We we started with uh, Roger Moore and then went back to Connery, so it was a lot. He was like for ten. Us. I was twelve. Yeah, I I probably I wasn't even probably ten yet when it came out because I turned. Uh, 10 at the end of the year so chances are when I saw it well chances are we saw it in 86 to be honest with you so I probably was 10 when I watched it it was my first uh, choose your own adventure book Zorin Industries yeah Zorin my first choose your own adventure book was was A View to a Kill it was like the book I remember the beginning with the uh, the snowboarding and everything where he found the microchip and everything he said you found the microchip do you want to go to page 6 if you keep it or page 7 if you lose it to the enemy I don't know something like that and that probably wasn't you chose poorly (laughs) I chose poorly no I cheated those books all the time yeah Uh, so he came on he bleached his hair blonde man like super blonde uh, for this movie Grace Jones Grace Jones you always have to have that sub villain so Grace Jones was the perfect sub villain for uh, for him man this was the one with it had this was the horse racing it had the horse racing which was awesome it had the the Eiffel Tower Eiffel Tower scene scene from Grace Jones did snowboarding scene was great that crazy that crazy scene with the, over uh, the Golden Gate Bridge. Yeah, on the, uh, what was it, the hot air, not hot air. In the uh, dirigible. The blimp. Yeah, the blimp. dirigible. Oh, is that, that what they call a blimp? That's another They're word called dir- dirigibles, yeah. Dirigibles. I don't even they, think I ever heard that it, term it, before. They're more, they aren't just, they have some type of structure to them. Oh, okay. Almost like Led Zeppelin. Almost oh. like a Zeppelin. Didn't turn out well for them? No. <laughs> the band, not them. Uh, I love this. I love this one because he, he, played it very mild-mannered. I don't think we saw him get too crazy in this one. He was just, I'm the mastermind behind yeah, this. He was gonna gonna going to flood Silicon Valley and take over yeah. the microchip. Oh, one of my favorite scenes. I, I could totally do a, if I had the rights to all these, I could do those clip things. The uh, Red Band clip? Uh, I mean, I could probably still do them if I grabbed the clips from them. As long day. as you're not charging it. Yeah, as long as I'm not charging it, I could just put it up because people do that all the time, I suppose. But one of my favorite scenes is him in the blimp, like oh, with the dismissing boardroom? the Asian yeah. guy. Who no, he was like, I need $100 million to meet you. And he's like, I want no part of this. He's like, oh, well, yeah, I'm going to have to ask you to leave the room because what we're going to talk about next is yep. proprietary. Yep. And my so-and-so will give you a drink and well, uh, make you comfortable. Make you comfortable. And, and he walks into the room and all of a sudden the stairs disappear. Yep. And uh, he flies the, out of the blimp. Then the, uh, the door, trap door opens. <laughs> and everyone, anyone else want to leave? No. <laughs> <laughs> 
so it was great. That was like the, but he was also manipulating the horse racing stuff. Yeah. Remember, and there was he that had whole, that crazy German doctor. Yeah, with he the had monocle. a crazy German doctor who, in uh, Zorin, had a cane that he carried, yeah. and at the tip of the cane, he would push it down at he some point during the horse race, and it would shot. enact this shot that would give him like it was like the nitrous for yeah. a car, mm. and it would just make him go over the line quick. And they my, had that one underground of my favorite stables. recurring characters died in that the his butler. He was in a couple of yeah. episodes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he got he got it in the car wash. I think he's actually the only one he was in. Really? Yeah, I think this was it. He was from he must the, have been he was from the Avengers, like the British Avengers. Oh yeah, he's a big famous actor. He's a famous British actor. But he uh, the car wash scene, yeah, the car wash. Scene. Oh, we haven't even made it to the Bond girl that we recently oh, lost. Oh, super hot in this. Uh, Tanya Roberts. Tanya Roberts. Really I had great, such man. a crush on her from. That was also the standard. You know, you ha- you have to have the when Bond villain. When did Beastmaster villain? come out? Beastmaster is probably 82, I would say, 82, 83. So this was right after Beastmaster, yeah. And she had gone blonde, and Beastmaster, she was a redhead. Yeah, we had a crush on her early on, man. That was like the we, – we were allowed for some reason – uh, some movies went through with the nudity that – that just missed them. Yeah, or that it was so fast that it wasn't a big deal, and I remember Beastmaster was one of them, man. Uh, we look forward to that. That movie had a lot of com- almost – there was probably more scary movie moments in that movie as a kid oh, watching it the, than, than those most movies. Those walking through the... The bad creatures? The bad I couldn't creatures watch that. I remember closing my eyes. shake them and then the green... I remember closing my eyes and asking you to tell me when it was over. Yeah. Yeah, because it was just the, the was one that, shocking. Part, the shocking. What disturbed me is the, those priests that would hang themselves on command. Yeah. I yeah. was always that like, was creepy too. The, the witch transferring oh, the babies into, and the, from a cow. into the cow. Is it? It was a difficult it, movie. It was it like was one probably PG thirteen too. Yeah, it was John uh, Don. Uh, uh, what's I can never pronounce his last name. Starts with a C, but he same guy does Phantasm and uh, Baba Hotep and everything. That was his first big movie. Uh, but anyways, back to a view to a kill. There was, I mean, he had one of the best death scenes too. So he, it takes it all down. I mean, it's a Bond movie. You don't need to go through the whole plot and everything. He was a villain, obviously, and always beside Grace Jones. They had that great scene with her sparring together, and she snaps at him like a like a wild animal. <laughs> yeah, it was weird. Uh, but it goes all the way down the end. She ends up turning on him at the very end in the mine and everything, but he takes off with that German doctor and Tanya Roberts up into the blimp, and that's that big famous scene. Uh, and this was before, like, I mean, they were out there doing this. <laughs> they must have shut that shit down. I don't know. Yeah. Because this was before green screen and before all that. I mean, matte paintings obviously still happened, but they this was a Bond a, they movie. They had a couple so. of tight shots that looked like they were on a studio set, but most of it was, Yeah, I just remember them. the dirigible got caught. It's toe line got caught and wrapped around the thing and he he's the german guy's like shooting shooting outside of it yeah. but he's shooting close to like i mean you don't want to shoot at the blimp it's like that broken arrow moment with john travolta please don't shoot at the nuclear warheads yeah <laughs> and there's uh, things down here don't i, I well to boss. i love his reaction when he falls because at, at some point Christopher he was laughing falls he, he like he maniacally does, he just does like this weird christopher walken thing but it it changes midway down that fall and everything. And it all looked good. It wasn't like Hans Gruber, which looked fake as fuck. I mean, this looked like somebody. And they did the wide shot, so they dropped whatever they dropped looked real. Homeless person. This was also the movie <laughs> where the stunt guys got in big trouble for doing that jump off the Eiffel Tower oh, where they weren't supposed to. They, were, they like, canceled the flight. They, they canceled the stunt. Like, they were, in in the movie, you see a little bit, like, pieces of them, someone jumping from some other thing. It wasn't, like, the full off the Eiffel Tower like they wanted to do. And uh, so they told, I think it was B.J. Worth, and that's how crazy nerdy I am about Bond movies is I know the stunt guys' names. I'm pretty sure it was B.J. Worth, and there was an, the other guy. can't remember him. 
And they were pissed. They went out drinking. And they were like, they ain't going to let us do this stunt. They're calling the stunt off. I don't know whether or something, what it is. And they got drunk and they went up and did it at night. Just them. Drunk. Just them themselves. Jumped off the Eiffel Tower and, with, and pulled their fucking parachutes and everything. And everything was... Bunch of They made it, but they... Adrenaline. Yeah, junkies. they fired them. I don't think they were allowed on a bond set again after that. They take that shit seriously. Who knew? Uh, again, insurance is a lot of money. All right, the next one here, man, and this is one of my favorite Christopher Walken's, man. 1986, At Close Range. Also, another one a lot of people probably haven't seen, you know, unless you watched it back in the day. It's not like they play it on TV all the time, yeah. which they should. I mean, so good. First this time, this is the first disturbing stuff. Youngest thing I think I've seen, uh, Keith Sutherland was in this. Yeah, oh yeah. Crispin Glover, Keith Sutherland, uh, Sean Penn, obviously. Is it uh, Chris Penn and Sean Penn? Chris Penn and Sean Penn. What was the girl's name? Um, uh, Robin Wright Penn. Robin Wright Penn. <laughs> she was in this too? She was I thought it was a girl interest. from Benny and June. I thought that was her love interest in this. Wasn't it Mary Stuart Masterson? Mm, was? I'm going to have to look that up. Maybe. I'm right here, so let me check that up. He's right there, folks. So, home. yeah, why don't you give us a little uh, background on this movie? So, I love this. Have you seen this before I, I lent it to you? Uh, a you long just time didn't remember ago. it? Yeah. I just didn't remember Yeah, it. it's Mary Stuart Masterson. She okay. does look a lot like Robin Wright. She looks a lot like Yeah. Um, Unless she's in it too. Tracy Walter, awesome in this. He's the guy, Bob from uh, Batman. <laughs> yeah, he was great. Um, <laughs> David you know who Strathan? I recognized? David Strathan, uh, really good. What's that Gary Oldman, Sean Penn one with the with um, Ed Harris, with the yeah. Irish mob? Gary Oldman. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who was in that, uh, from this? The. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, the guy that was in the firefight at the end. Yeah. Yeah, he's good. But Did he, he have a beard? Big, yeah, the beard, beard, yeah. But it was like he's awesome. In he a didn't lot get to of see stuff, him. Man. I'll pull his name. He up. didn't get to see him do too many lines in that movie. He just had to be menacing, and yeah, it worked. But he was menacing in this. R. D. Call. They don't have. A, he doesn't even have his picture up on IMDb. What? That is insane because R. D. Call has been a lot of stuff. Pull up the picture of R. D. Call. He just people. doesn't feel right, man. Him. He doesn't care about. It. For me, this movie and uh, and State of Grace were his two biggies, though. Two Sean Penn movies, huh? Pretty cool. But Sean Penn comes back to town. This is mom. The guy, f- the guy from uh, his brother Bubba. plays his brother. Bubba was his stepdad when he showed up. The guy from, oh, in, yeah, the heat of from the night. in the Heat of the Night TV show, yeah. yeah. And uh, so, for some reason, I guess he got out of jail or something. Mm-hmm. Christopher Walken's character shows up, and he's Sean Penn and Chris he's Penn's like a, dad. He's like a low-level gangster. Pretty low. Pretty. Scammer. I mean, they had a pretty good network of yeah. They were stealing family. like uh, they were stealing tractors, tractors and stealing, and reselling them. Anything. I mean, they were like. It wasn't like New York City. Kind no, of no, 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 no. And this town, wherever it was. I mean, this was like Pennsylvania. West. Pennsylvania? Okay. Yep. And uh, so Sean Penn's like, oh, that's cool. He, he, Maybe I can get a job from her. I can get something from him. Yeah. You know, even and, the, didn't Bubba tell him or his mom at the beginning, don't get mixed up yeah, with him? Yeah, don't because, get mixed up with him because he's bad news. Yep. And, and uh, his younger brother, played by his younger brother, you didn't want him to get corrupted uh, with this whole thing. And it just started with them, like, simple, like, selling him dope. Or something like yeah, that. Yeah, and came then he by. took him out to dinner, and then he brought him on a job and had him be a lookout. Yeah. And uh, gave him that Chevelle, that yeah. awesome Chevelle car. But Sean Penn, remember, he came back, he's, he's not he's not a good man. Well, that's because... Like, right before well, he showed up. Well, that's because they, uh, they saw one of Christopher Walken's buddies talking to the feds. Yep. And then they grabbed, remember, they grabbed the old guy, and mm-hmm. they, they Put got the him liquored up, yep. and then they took him out to the pond, yep. and Chris um, Sean Penn watched him drown the guy. Yeah. And uh, I mean, he witnessed it and full he knew force. There was so. no going back from there. Yeah. So he he should have just told Chris Penn at that point. This is what but happened. The grand jury started getting convening, convening, f- um, and then Sean Penn and his brother get popped. Remember, they were stealing yep. tractors from yep. the dealership on their own, 
and they got arrested and then Sean Penn was like I can tell you more <laughs> and but, but the crazy thing in this movie is and I don't want to ruin too much of it I guess I probably ruined too much of it if no, I, talk I mean about that, I know the cleaning house the cleaning house well, he starts some doing, of the best stuff he starts cleaning uh, we won't tell, don't tell the very like, ending because the very ending is yeah, good too Christopher Walken is like he's like Okay, you know we're in the tight well because spot. Sean Penn ends up bringing all his friends in, so he brings Crispin Glover. He brings that was in, his big mistake. Uh, Crispin, yeah, that was the big mistake. And that difficult scene where they brought Mary Stuart Masterson into the freaking uh, hotel room and made uh, Crispin Glover stand outside while while Chris or walking raped her. Yeah, I mean he wanted to really show Sean Penn, don't fuck with me, and he did that by raping his girlfriend. I mean he was bad guy. He was a bad movie. guy. Bad guy. Movie. And if that didn't make him bad enough, he he literally one by one we got. To to see him kill Sean Penn. He's killing teenagers, basically, his son's friends. So he kills, and his other son. So I mean, that scene where, he, where she, probably the best scene Christopher, uh, Chris yeah. Penn ever did that in Reservoir Dogs probably. he took him out somewhere and then you, you got to said, see him realize. When he realize says dad. It. Yeah, you realize he knew what was going to yeah. happen to him. He tells him, he asks him a question. He's like, uh, you, what are you going to tell the grand jury? He's like, I wouldn't tell him anything. Yeah. And then he, he tur- tilts his head and looks into his eyes. Liar! Liar! (laughs) (laughs) Raises his gun and shoots his own son in the head. Right in the face. I mean, it's crazy. They have open graves and everything when they're bringing Crispin. They show that great shot of him going over the uh, the ridge and everything. Uh, The guy that played Bob had a great line. They shot Crispin Glover and he fell right next to the grave. And he's like, oh, man, I thought he was going to fall into the grave. Yeah. (laughs) It's crazy, man. You can tell that these guys have done this. They probably got many holes dug in this area. And just they had no sympathy or empathy. you, it went in a place you didn't think the movie was going to go to. Yeah. Especially yeah. once they took her to the hotel and yeah. he raped her, that was like, oh, this is a turn yeah, it into a great ending movie. too, man. I mean, yeah. it, had, it went all the way down the end. So I highly recommend At Close Range. Like I said, th- this and the Dead Zone are probably my two. Isn't there another Walken movie movies. named that? That's At Close confusing. Range. Mm, probably Wasn't there a Tom Berenger movie that had that? Uh, no. Sniper. No. <laughs> Yeah, I can't think of one at close range. It, I mean, it does sound like it probably there's a couple similar ones out there. Because you know, uh, Seagal, it's a three titled movie. <laughs> yeah, three movie. titled movies on He's... it. On Deadly Ground, <laughs> Out for Justice, Hard to Kill. <laughs> he, he <laughs> Holy crap, it. you're right. Above he, the law. Yeah, no, I'm serious. <laughs> I read an article what one else, time. Yeah, what it? am I missing? There's <laughs> only a couple that aren't. I can't think of any of the other ones. Hard to kill. Yeah, that's crazy. Oh, here's a three times. <laughs> it didn't work out. He for knew him. there was a formula. I don't know that formula. I guess worked for him for a little while. <laughs> All right, so we're gonna jump forward. And this was this was the point where Christopher Walken, our, uh, our, our childhood. Yeah, Christopher movie. Walken didn't need to be like in the entire movies from from this point forward. He was like, I can come in as a supporting actor, and I could just be the most memorable thing in yeah. all these movies. Did, did I ever tell you? I heard him get interviewed one time. And he's there. The guy was interviewing him. And he's like, he's like, do you ever reflect on how famous you are and how many movies you've been in? He's like, do you ever just be flipping through television at night yeah. and you see a movie come on? He's like, yeah, time to time a movie comes on, I won't see it, and I'm just laughing to myself. He's like, well, what are you thinking when you see that? He's like, I think I'm making money. <laughs> <laughs> That sounds about right. <laughs> uh, 1988, man. This was a this was a big movie. It was on pay per view. I remember ordering it on pay per view and watching it. I always thought it was great. It was a Mike Nichols off. Mike Nichols was the king of those offbeat type comedies, and this was Biloxi Blues, another movie I don't think a lot of people have seen. They don't. There's so many movies that you you tune into the. 
uh, like what's playing on AMC or Turner Classic Movies, and it's all the same shit. And they all would play the Harry Potter movies and the uh, and the Lord of the Rings movies and uh, all the action movies, uh, Fast and the Furious and everything. But man, there's not anyone playing these these great movies. Even the independent film channel should be playing this type of stuff. And it's weird because there's, there's a great a, one. There's definitely a list of uh, boot camp movies. Yeah. This is one oh, of this them. is low on it though, unfortunately. And yeah. It's really good because there's enough comedy in it, and is it gets serious at times, but it, it's probably more offbeat comedy than most. Uh, and this starred some really great actors. Obviously, Christopher Walken played the drill sergeant. Matthew Broderick was the main dude we're following. And it, his friends were all somewhat famous. The guy who played Epstein was in uh, one of the Friday 13th movies. He was killed uh, in, like, Friday 13th Part 7, I think. Uh, the big guy was from Major Dad. Yeah. But he was also from, from Major Dad. One Crazy Summer. He's yeah, Chet. Ted. Uh, Ted, that's right. Uh, and it, he got sort of famous and everything. I'm not sure if any of the other guys were famous in his crew. Uh, Park overall was funny as hell in this movie. She was the prostitute that he uh, that he yeah. went to. One of the most memorable scenes of the movie too. So it, it's interesting because we we go into this movie and we've, we've 1945. Had, they get they're getting drafted yeah. to go into the army. Mm-hmm. So they get stationed from Fort Dix down to. Which I think is in North Carolina. Yeah, into Mississippi. Down to Mississippi, which is Fort Blaine. They make this movie look like hot, which probably is accurate. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Mississippi yeah. during the summertime <laughs> in the swamps. It sounds juicy. Yeah. <laughs> Not where you want to be. We're in Florida, but at least we're in northern Florida. We got a yeah. lot of shade up here. Yeah, and there's some breeze every once in a while. But the, uh, we had been predisposed to with drill instructors. We're thinking Arlie Emery. You know, mm-hmm. we watch Full Metal Jacket. And Chris Rockett's pretty mellow, man. Yeah. He digs well, a different he comes approach. Out, he's like, hey, how you doing? How you guys hey, doing? Guys. Hey, how are you? How was how your trip? You? How was your trip? <laughs> but he's, you know, he does everything, you know, it, it, you would He's you should some, know what they're going to do. They have to do that to you yeah. so that you... But he has some level... I haven't seen this in a little while. I know you recently watched it. Didn't he have some uh, some sort of mental kind of illness going or depression? No, he, or... he's back He's back as a drill instructor because yeah. he got part of his skull blown That's off right. and he had a so, metal so plate. So there was something going so on. So he was... Him. They didn't say... They just He just said he had a metal plate. In his he head. was erratic, I guess we could say. Was, and not to the point where he was... I mean, well, towards the ending, I mean, he was pulling his gun out and threatening... To, to murder people and everything. So he did have, have somewhat of a break at the end. but It was a controlled break. Yeah. And he he came in and off screen and everything, and it was it was an interesting arc that he had taken, though, because he, he came out as that nice kind of guy. and uh, But then he just messed with Epstein and, and what's his name? And Matthew Broderick. Matthew Broderick. Yeah. I was just like, every time he's like, he's like, pick a man, pick anyone. <laughs> yeah, and then he's like, right? that was oh. good. He's like, lean in, just whisper it to me. Yeah. And he's like, oh. Who the, who's the big guy? Yeah, yeah. Oh, the, t- the guy who played Ted. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's yeah. like, oh, him again? He's the biggest man in the company. You got balls, kid. <laughs> <laughs> and he kept making that I get. totally forgot about that scene, man. It's really kept funny. making that guy do push-ups. I love the scene. It doesn't involve Christian Walker, but we can talk about it. And when they go uh, see, uh, they got like a three-day furlough. And they're all, they're all going to go get laid. And none of them have gotten laid before. They're all yeah. lying that they got laid, but they haven't. And uh, they're literally in, like, a waiting room waiting for Park Overall, who's having sex with all these kids. And she's super sweet. She's got that thick uh, southern southern draw. accent. And most people remember her from, well, if you're old as me and Dave, you remember her from uh, Empty Nest. She played the, the nurse uh, yeah. for the uh, the vet. Uh, no, he, he, he. I always think he's a vet. He wasn't. He had that big dog, but he was actually, like, a pediatrician. So she was the head nurse. And she. you hear her voice. You can't mistake it. 
And so she's she's inviting them in. They're 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 lasting their two minutes and giving her their money and leaving. And uh, one of them doesn't want to go. Matthew Broderick. Uh, or someone else walked out. Matthew Broderick goes in, though, right? No, Matthew Broderick wanted to leave, but he forgot his hat, remember? That's right. He came and he had to go back and get his hat. And then, because he was thinking she was going to be ugly. He's like, what if yeah. she's ugly? What if she's ugly? And the big yeah. dude was like, just close your eyes and think of something else. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he goes in there, and she's overly sweet. Is this your first time, yeah, sugar? Yeah, and she was pretty. <laughs> yeah, she was pretty, and she she got him through it. It was she's like, like a- hurry up, son. I got... I yeah. got some sailors at two o'clock. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was a three pump chump, but it, uh, but it was an interesting and fun scene to watch him do. Uh, at, at what point did Christopher Walken like fully lose it? I mean, it was at the end, obviously. It, he what was he, that centered around? He was trying to get Epstein to yeah. come in the office, mm-hmm. and because Epstein, because I mean, Epstein, Epstein would have. Sh- I bet if Epstein later in life, well, Epstein, it, remember Epstein paid the sixty-two dollars. Back to the big dude, yeah. When he didn't steal it, and you find out Christopher Walken stole it to teach him a lesson, but he the lesson was blown because because he paid him because back. he paid him back, he did and then he dragged him into the room. He's like, "Don't you ever do that in front of the men?" And then yeah. I'm trying to teach like, them stuff, and this Epstein's and that. like, "Who says you're right?" It, He's like, I'm not trying to be right. I'm trying to keep them alive. Yeah. And Epstein during this whole time is also a closeted uh, homosexual, so he's trying to keep it under, and they steal his uh, his diary at some point. They steal and, Broderick's diary. Broderick's diary. Who, who Bra- Broderick brought the uh, idea out, and yeah. I'm pretty sure he was probably accurate uh, with it, but he was profiling all his different people. And, and they, they sat around reading, reading it out loud. Oh, God, like, it was difficult to watch him do. He's, yeah. he's like, I beg you not to read it. I beg you. And he, yeah. he, they kept reading it. So it was, it was interesting. But, yeah, right when he— it was more of a, it was kind of a not feel good movie, but it was like, it was just a relationship movie. Yeah. And I mean, he was building even towards the end. He even had a, he had a weird as, way. It wasn't as bad as you think it was because they were all laughing after. No, no, happened. it's true. He, they made him do push ups, remember? It's he's like, doing, but he's still got a gun in his hand and you don't know how don't erratic know if it's loaded, is. You don't know or, what he's trying to do with it. You watching it as a viewer, you're like, he's just trying to go that next level to teach these guys a lesson and to listen to them. And Well, he got, remember, he got his papers that he was being. Yeah. He was being retired. Yeah. And and then he grabbed, he wanted to take Epstein in the room. He's like, I'm going to make somebody a good soldier before I have to go. Mm-hmm. And then Broderick's like, I'll come in there. And then, He had been drinking too, right? Oh, yeah, he yeah. was drunk. Yeah. And then he was like, I want to play that game. You know that game he said what you would do? In the, and he's like, Matthew Broderick's like, we already played that game. That game's over. He's like, it's not over until I play. Yeah. And then he's like trying to tell him to take the gun from him. Yeah, yeah. He's like, how yeah. am I going to do that? He's like, forcibly remove that gun and put me under arrest. Yeah. It's crazy. Man. I need to be court-martialed. I pulled a gun. I've yeah. been drinking, and I pulled a gun on a on an enlisted man. Yeah. Then he forced him to do the push-ups and everything. Yeah, and he's late. It was good. Yeah, yeah. I loved Christopher Walken in a man. Anytime you get to see him playing that commanding role. All right, these next two movies, we can almost pair these together because they're so short, and they're both uh, they're both Quentin Tarantino scripts. The first movie is uh, actually directed by Tony Scott. Next movie is Quentin Tarantino. So number seven and eight here will be True Romance from 93 and Pulp Fiction from 94. And yeah, he, he's on screen for probably maybe four minutes in True Romance and two minutes, 20 seconds in Pulp Fiction. Yeah. <laughs> so let's take the True Romance, which is arguably the harder one to talk about. <laughs> yeah. Then, well, he was the he was the mob boss yeah. who... Who Clarence was, stole the money. Who was stolen the cocaine from yeah. the the dealer uh, Gary Oldman's yeah. character worked for or bought from him or something. Yeah, worked for uh, Christopher Walken. Christopher Walken. So it was ultimately his coke, his money uh, that got stolen. This is crazy white boy. And he, he, your son, the dumb fuck that he is, <laughs> left his ID in the dead man's hand. <laughs> and so he, yeah. 
he he knows where he's going to be. He, he a powerful scene for those two dudes. Oh God! So together it was walking, once, and then uh, what's who's crazy man? What's his Dennis name? Hopper? Dennis Hopper and James Gandolfini playing a right, minor right. character in the background yeah, in this yeah. movie, man. And probably my favorite James Gandolfini scene ever is later on when him and uh, Rosanna Arquette go no uh, Patricia Arquette go yeah. at, uh, off each oh, other. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that fight scene was so good. Arguably one of the best fight mm-hmm. scenes ever put on film. Uh, and it's really yeah, TV probably thought so. Oh, really good. Yeah. So. Once Clarence steals the money, they go to stay with his dad for a, a little bit, but mainly just to find out his dad used to be a former cop, and he wants yeah. to know if they uh, they found anything about the the killing and everything. And he and he comes to him and he says, "He's from all I've accounts, this guy uh, was a scumbag, and they're just going to chop it up to another gang related thing." Not realizing that his son <laughs> left his ID in the guy's hand. And don't put <laughs> yeah. Didn't he put something on the refrigerator where he was going? Yeah. Clarence's address in L.A. So after they messed with Dennis Hopper, they knew where to find him. Are you supposed to memorize that shit and burn it? Like, (laughs) no MI protocol? So Clarence (laughs) leaves, and Dennis Hopper enters his house uh, and gets punched immediately. The next shot is him tied to a chair, and he's basically being questioned by Christopher Walken. And it's such a powerful scene. It's such a powerful scene. The thing that was cool about it is he knew he was dead. Yeah. Like, he knew that oh, was yeah. never going to live. When, when he asked for that cigarette, he knew that was going to be yeah. his last story. And then he started, like, insulting Oh, God. That, that was what him. was great. When you when you are that comfortable with that you know it's going to happen and that you know you're not going to give your son up, even though you stupidly know that on your uh, refrigerator there is the address. And he just goes on a and it's such a quentin tarantino and he dialogue. Can't, i can't even talk about it yeah it's, it's we all, could talk around it's pretty it. racist yeah it's, it's super racist but he he goes on this diatribe of how uh, italians were spawned uh, from black people uh, and, and like, yeah it, it just gets like, it gets super racist and it uh but it's played weird weird where they both are laughing at each other back yeah. and forth and, and he's even, really getting mad though even though he's oh laughing. yeah christopher Lockett looked like he was like ah oh, i love this guy this guy's funny as hell man and then he turns mm-hmm. around and he you could he motions for somebody to give him something and then he turns around and all of a sudden just shoots dennis hopper in the head yeah. has that great line i haven't killed anybody since 1984 and <laughs> and then spits at him and uh the guy. There were some. There were some dudes that didn't even speak English. Yeah, there and they were yeah, like, yeah. "What happened?" <laughs> He's like, "So and so called me n word." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, th- and then he shot him. <laughs> <laughs> and then that one goomba finds the uh, the address. Yeah. He said, "Boss, prepare to be happy." And that was uh, Christopher Walken's scene. I remember in the trailer there was another scene with Christopher Walken, and, and they never had it. In and the it movie. never was in it. It was like him walking down a hallway, uh, probably to shouting the producers' orders, office. Uh, shouting orders. It was to, probably uh, to when somebody. they assaulted the producers' office. When the, the uh, mob maybe. showed up, remember the cops showed up. Oh, that's showed right, up, that's and right. Showed, and Balky gets shot in the. Oh man, that is true. This was such a fabulous movie, man. My favorite shot of that whole movie is when him and the girl are driving really fast too. in the Porsche. Oh yeah, yeah, man. And she, oh. he get pulled over, and he tells her to hide the cocaine. And it's, it was a really great. Usually, you can't. This was obviously a Quentin Tarantino script, but it was brilliantly paired with Tony Scott. You, you wouldn't think going into it that uh, Quentin Tarantino and a Tony Scott would be a great blend. Unfortunately, Quentin decided to do his own stuff after that. Yeah. He could have probably written scripts for other people and Tony made, them, and made them better. Brooklyn Bridge. Yeah. I mean, or yeah, Manhattan we lost Bridge. Tony Scott really young. And Tony Scott's in a lot of movies. We'll, we'll definitely be doing a director's pod on Tony Scott one Did of these days. Did you see someone jumped off the bridge in Millhopper? Yeah. Right here in town, we had somebody jump off. Into an oncoming... I told my girl that last night That's we also heard about intense. the. Uh, oh, I didn't know that that he got hit by a. Uh, I was thinking he jumped in front of it like it was coming, and he jumped off so that he would get hit. He would get hit by it, and it did hit him. Oh yeah, man. 
I was thinking when oh, I had heard about it, I was like, life up like that. That guy's well, that's what I when I first heard about yeah. it, I was like telling my wife, I said, I hope that he at least waited until there were no cars when he no. did it because the fall probably would have killed him. But no, no, probably, broke his probably legs, just probably. Broke all his yeah, bones. he probably would have. Well, I had heard last night, we had heard that the, the Olympic Whoops, guy, this is bringing you down, yeah, the, the <laughs> Olympic guy had killed himself last night, the guy that was oh, connected with Nasser. I said, How weird would that be if it turns out uh, Olympic guy who, who had been living the last couple of years in Gainesville, Florida, uh, killed himself? And if they were both connected, unfortunately, that's my screenwriting yeah. mind going. We're not going to write that movie. Yeah, I'm going to write it. Doesn't have to be true. <laughs> That's the great thing about scripts. <laughs> that was a great thing on Twitter, not to get too far off. Oh, uh, I forgot that uh, at close range yeah. was a true story. Oh, was it? Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. There was, uh, did you hear what happened to uh, Lady Gaga? Yeah. Someone uh, heard, someone shot her shot dog, her dog walker, walker and, and stole, stole two, two of bulldogs. her French bulldogs and everything. And what was funny on Twitter, though, is uh, Danny Trejo tweeted out he says this is messed up he says i want you to know i got people on this and then Pat oswald's like somebody write this script right now and Diedrich bader's like i'm on page 67 <laughs> <laughs> really really funny uh so yeah hopefully that turns out uh because that's pretty horrifying too okay so yeah that was his like small little two three four minute scene in true minutes maybe close to five or six minutes but it was it was phenomenal you could just jump to that scene uh, i'm sure you could youtube that scene right now christopher walken true romance and another Don't one you could do that with the pod first then you can use yeah another uh, another one you could do that, 1980, uh, 1994's Pulp Fiction. He came in for a two-minute dialogue, like literally <laughs> that it was just him. And you know he read it, he's like, oh, this is going to be great. Oh, God. And so he's basically part of Butch's flashback, Butch played by uh, the great Bruce, uh, Willis. Bruce Willis. And Bruce why Willis... That's why he had to go back and get the watch. Yeah, Bruce Willis had been doing this huge game. scam and... Uh, his girlfriend at the time was supposed to clear the hotel room and they were going to go on the run, but she forgot his watch. And she's like, you forgot my watch? And he threw a fit. And he's like, it's just a watch. He says, no, it's not just a watch. He says, I don't think you realize what I've gone, uh, what my father had to go through to get that watch and how everyone had to go through to get that watch. We need that watch. It's his birthright. It's his birthright. <laughs> so Christopher Walken tells him, this, tells him this crazy story. He comes in with in full military fatigues and everything playing. Probably right when he got home from the war. And he's coming to talk to the- He was in prison Br- camp. Bruce Willis's character is probably, what, eight? Probably eight or nine? Or probably, something no, like that? younger than that. Probably really? six or seven watching yeah. cartoons. That's true. So- yeah, I still watch cartoons. But uh, <laughs> his mom, it's like in the 50s, and his mom says, Hey, Butch, we have somebody that knew your father that wants to talk to you. And literally, Christopher Walken pulls up a chair, squats down, talks to the camera, and <laughs> is telling Butch while he, why he has brought this watch to him. And it's not the, like, it's just the watch face. It's not the like band the band or anything. Yeah, that would be real painful. <laughs> Uh, so he, he begins to tell him the story about how his great-grandfather had this watch and he was captured. The, the moral of the story I got is he, his, his whole family got captured all the time. I don't know what the hell. Yeah. They, they were shitty soldiers, basically, <laughs> is what I got out of the story. But he told him the story about his grandfather, uh, great-grandfather being caught by like the Germans in World War One and everything. And then uh, they, they had to give up all his possessions. And he's, he had planned to give this watch to his, his uh, uh, Butch's dad. He, so he had to literally shove it up his ass. To, uh, to be able to keep it from the enemy, and then he got rescued by a group of people. You know, took it out of his ass, and then cleaned it up. Cleaned it up, gave it to his father when his father had to uh, go to World War Two, and then uh, the same or thing. Uh, I think it was World War Two uh, because it was like the it was like the fifties or the sixties when he brought it back to him. Okay, yeah, and so he uh, that's right. That's yeah, right. he called it WW Two uh, or something like that. Uh, Christopher Walken, and he's 
explaining to him now, he's like, your father took the watch, he brought it to war, then he got captured, and hey, he knew what was going to happen, so he did the same thing. He uh, he put it up his ass, and then, uh, what, he said, six months later, he died of dysentery, and I had, he gave me, before that happened, he gave me the watch, he said, so I've been carrying this uncomfortable piece of metal on my ass <laughs> for like three years, and now I give it to you. <laughs> yeah, and you can see the kid's just got a blank spare yeah. on his face. And he reaches out, he grabs it, and then the scene cuts, and you hear yeah. the the, the Bell yep. from the boxing match, and right after that, Bruce Willis is falling out the window. So it's this crazy little insert scene flashback that we see. I mean, anyone that's seen a lot of Quentin Tarantino knows that he's completely those little type of those weird no, he's things. very non-linear. You know, yeah. he just like jumps when around. True Romance when they when uh, what's his name would talk to to Elvis in the mirror. Yeah. It's yeah. like it had nothing to do with anything, but it was God, it was man. something cool. I, I can't get over the the great pairing that him and Tony Scott were. I wish he had done another one with him. Uh, because remember, Quentin, the only two, I, that might have been a third one, but the big two movies that Quentin Tarantino wrote that other people did was uh, was True Romance and uh, Natural Born Killers. And they both, if you watch them, they're very Quentin Tarantino. And uh, that's the only reason, selling those two are the only reason he was able to do Reservoir Dogs after that. And then we all know the story after that, so... Good. It was a good one. I was think that was the only time he's worked with Christopher Walken. I don't think he worked with him, and he wasn't in Jackie Brown. He wasn't in The Kill Bills, Hateful Eight, Django. Yeah, I think that was the only time he worked with Christopher Walken. So it was a good one, though. All right, this next one. Big movie for me in high school. Right after high school, I watched this. I was a horror fiend in the forever, really, but in the 90s for sure. And this was 1995's The Prophecy. Not to be confused with the 78 prophecy Man that, Bear Pig? that dealt with Man Bear Pig. <laughs> <laughs> if you're pulling up clips, yeah, if you're pulling up clips, type in 1995 or don't and just have a, have a wild time. Because... 78 or 79 was the other one. And it had. I might the, own it. I'm not sure. What was the. <laughs> what was the movie with uh, Kurt Russell in, in the snow? Oh, the thing. It, the, one of the main doctors from that was one of the main characters. Oh, really? This. Not Wilfred Brimley. No. <laughs> this one, this had a great premise to it, man. I always love the premise to the prophecy. So what we're dealing his here is it's angels. Angels. Angels coming down to earth. And so the darkest soul ever, like the Hitler times 10, has died on earth. And... Who was it? Uh, I don't even think they they, they say, but... It, you just knew He's that. already dead when the he's movie already starts. Dead. So... Uh, so What's going on is two angels. There's a war up in heaven, and one of a group of the angels has sided with God, and a group I mean, of the, that's the Bible. And the other, yeah, but that's why they. But got they're cast making Gabriel. Hell. They're making the archangel Gabriel as one of the yeah. villain, villain angels, and that's what the big thing was. Maybe that happened. And so this was. It wasn't like uh, how Lucifer uh, turned against him. It was God. Gabriel and his other angels felt like God put the humans over him, over the angels. And he, he called them talking monkeys. Talking he says, you monkeys. goddamn, you taking these talking monkeys uh, over us? He says, this is ridiculous. So he's a fraction of angels that are, are turning evil. I and like to think that that's what they are. So what's going on? And they know in Simon, played by, brilliantly played by, it's one of my favorite Eric Stoltz yeah. roles, man. Yeah, really cool. good. And I like Eric Stoltz. He's gotten the shaft over the years several times, and I, I like when he comes out some, with some really good, solid shit. I mean, uh, Prophecy, that Mask, and Pulp Fiction, and Killing Zoe. Killing Zoe. He's got a that's slew of, of really good ones. ones. And I loved him in this. He had that long hair. He came down with the trench coat. He just played this angel. And what's going on is they're, they're come down to Earth 
because they they both want to retrieve this dark soul uh, from the body of uh, this recently deceased evil person. And Eric Stoltz just wants it. Eric, whoa, it was Rush Limbaugh. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, what did you say? He's oh been he's God. a week sober. That, that's, that was the best tweet I've heard today. That it said we don't like to joke about people dying, but we'll make an exception for, with, Rush, for Rush Limbaugh. Limbaugh. Said, mm-hmm. So I'm glad to hear that Rush Limbaugh is one week sober. <laughs> he's one week that's dead. Brutal. It's so fucked up, but funny. <laughs> So anyway, so Eric Stoltz is coming down to grab the most evil soul just because he doesn't want Christopher Walken to grab it. Because if Christopher Walken comes grabbing it's going to be on his side. It's going to be on his side, and he's going to do whatever with it that they do. I don't know. So literally, Eric Stoltz gets down here early, and he goes to the funeral parlor. And what I loved about this movie is if, if somebody opened their mouth, you could see their soul inside of them. Because when Christopher Walken comes down, he has to look into mouth. He was looking at see. the little kids. Yeah, it was crazy. It was a He's great like, scene. I'll give you a minute. Open your mouth. Oh, man, it was such a great uh, scene with that, too. And so he, Eric Schultz comes down. He opens this guy's mouth and, and kisses him. He puts his mouth over his mouth. And you could see that some sort of transfer that happens. And... Uh, Eric Stoltz immediately gets weak as fuck, and he hides. He gets out of there, and he gets into this schoolhouse, an abandoned schoolhouse, and this little uh, Native American girl comes in and sees him while she's playing during school time. She breaks away from her group, finds him. Hey, what's your name? Shouldn't be talking to strangers for sure. And he's like, I've got a secret to tell you, and it's the the biggest secret that anyone's ever going to tell you. And he gets the girl over there and literally uh, transfers it into her mouth. It's kind of a dickish thing to do, but I, it's either that or it goes to Crystal Walken. So I mean, she does. She just holds on to it, right? Yeah. She doesn't actually turn. She evil. gets no. She eh, later on, she does some kind of vo- vocal type exorcist type voices and everything. But yeah, she never becomes evil and everything. She's basically like you said. She's just holding it, and. So she goes off, uh, and the only reason he does it because he knows Christopher Walken's super close to him, and right after he does it, she goes away, Christopher Walken shows that up. That guy's in this. Uh, yeah, Elias. He's uh, awesome. He, he's the, he's, sorry. That's he's, one of the few leading roles I've ever seen. He was one, I mean, guess he was the lead in this one. Yeah, he was kind of the lead because he was that, he was the cop who was kind of figuring this whole he got thing the, out. the body that, there was a big fight between Stoltz and that other, that big dude. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the guy and his, uh... The eyes and everything were ripped out, and uh, there was a whole bunch of creepy kind of crime scene type stuff in this movie. But when Christopher Walken shows up, he knows Eric Stoltz doesn't have it. He, like, opens his mouth. He's like, where is it? Where'd you put it? He says, I need to know where the hell it is. And then they have this back and forth great discussion about philosophy and everything. And and then he ends up killing Eric Stoltz. So now Christopher Walken's got to find the soul. He knows a little kid has it. So that's that great scene where he's on the steps playing like the trumpet for kids and everything and asking each of them to blow it and then when he's doing he says hey he says hey you got nice teeth why don't you open your mouth and let me see and he's literally looking for souls in these kids mouths but can't find it someone virginia madsen shows up he says what the fuck are you doing here he said get away from these kids and basically uh, (laughs) the the one shuns him away weird thing that that he he did is uh oh the the person that follows him around oh no no, that too but when he, he when he first was in the church and he saw the cop he's like hey thomas He's how how'd you know my name? He's like, oh, yeah. you look like a Thomas. Like he did that like two or three other times. He had a couple movie. great moments. He he, he said, uh, remember he came up to Elias and oh, yeah, he, yeah. that thing on his lip, that divot yeah. that's right above his lip. He says, you know why you got that? He says, because when you were a kid, I put my finger there and I told you a secret. And said, shh, <laughs> it was great. <laughs> but yeah, one of my favorite things is once Chris Walken came in, he he goes to the morgue and he he brings back somebody that recently died to be his like lackey. And the first guy he brings back is the guy from Days and Confused. The yeah, guy who says, I just want to dance. Yeah. And then he eventually gets Amanda Plummer, mm-hmm. which is perfect for this. He, he grabs Amanda Plummer. Remember, she starts whimpering. And he's like, don't. I hate it. 
when you do that, don't do that. <laughs> and <laughs> very weird. And it goes all the way down to this fight into the desert where Viggo Mortensen shows up in the first movie I ever saw Viggo Mortensen in. Uh, early he Viggo. Lu- he played Lucifer. And he came and he I looked crazy. Him, and he was perching on this, like, uh, on the stone. And he has this great discussion with Elias and everything. And it was fantastic. Christopher Walken went on to do number two. I think this has been like four or five prophecy movies. You can but really I, number one and can, two. Anything that's like if well, it's a horror, you know. Yeah, but horror mixed in with Christian. Yeah, theology. Theology, yeah. like uh, what was the one with Tom Hanks? The book. The uh, oh, the Angels and Demons no. and the yeah, uh, the Da Vinci, Vinci Code. Code. Yeah, the sequel is Angels and Demons. Yeah, uh, yeah. But that stuff has a huge following. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But this was fabulous, man. Really great movie. Really great special effects and uh, Christopher Walken just being he had jet black hair. Just yep. like some of his best deliveries though were from the prophecy. I really enjoyed it. Uh, yeah, in Vigo. Yeah, super young Vigo. I think the only other thing I saw Vigo and then people forget that he's in this until you rewatch it is Carlito's way. He played the guy in the wheelchair. Mm-hmm. Lalang. L- uh, l- 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 yeah, Lelu or Leo. Yeah, or, yeah. I, I can't remember his name. It's like, I can't get out of this chair. I can't fuck. I can't walk. <laughs> he just turns him over. It's great. All right, this last movie, and I love this movie, man. This is one of the shining gems of the 90s, in my opinion, when you think uh, uh, crime movies, thriller movies, and this was 1997's Suicide Kings. This was one of the first ones when I knew we were going to do this list, and a lot of these I've seen so many times I don't have to revisit it all, but uh, Suicide Kings is like, I, I can talk about it right now, but I want to rewatch it just because I like it that much, and I forget how much it was great. I, I only watch it. Had, it's so many great dialogues oh. from Walken. If you're a Walken fan, yeah, this you have one, to man. see this movie. Even if you don't like the douchebag kids. Yeah. But they were and good. they're all good. They're, they're all, all great characters. So uh, the kids, we got the guy from uh, Boondock Saints, who's yeah. uh, Sean Patrick Jay Flannery. Moore, one of them. Jay Moore was one of them, the stand comedian. Uh, yeah, Johnny but... Galecki, who was uh, David from Roseanne and yep. uh, from he Big Bang Theory. Uh, Henry Thomas, E.T. Uh, e. Elliot. Yeah. He played Elliot. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, Jeremy Sisto, from Six Feet Under, and he was in Hideaway. He was the uh, the guy with the scrubs. On. Okay. Yeah, yeah, Jeremy Sisto. He, he's been in a lot of different stuff. I think that's all of them. There might be another one. But the um, the guy from Raymond, everyone loves yeah, Raymond. Yeah, Brad Garrett, another. They used a lot of comedians. Dennis Leary, another yeah, comedian. Dennis Leary was great. Remember so he, good. <laughs> those early stuff with him in it? Him and the guy from... Yeah, that fat guy that he was hanging yeah, out with. Yeah. Wasn't he from... Uh, Seen him in a couple different movies. He was from uh, with the Departed, maybe. Was he in the Departed? No. He's got Boston Thug written all over him. The, what's the one with Kobayashi? And uh, the Usual Suspects. Yeah, you know who the fuck we the are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah, like, yeah. give him the money. We give do him the now. money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, but he. I think he might have been in the Departed too. He plays a lot of Boston thugs. Yeah, yeah. Uh, really he's good. Bo- so Christopher Walken plays a mob boss in this movie. Dennis Leary had the, he's a stingray. Yeah. You're wearing fish boots? <laughs> like, you could tell that they just ad-libbed all that shit. It was a running joke time. It was so funny. They ad-libbed a lot of that stuff in the car and everything. So this was kind of like a, uh, a mystery movie and everything because it was, uh, they kit these group of elite kind of uh, douchebag socialite kids yeah. end up asking Christopher Walken out for a drink at the beginning of the movie. You see Christopher Walken running in like it's the Copa, handing things They were sitting in his falling. reserve seat. Yeah. And they and then they were like, they were, you got to get out of here. And they were like, oh, I, we know you. We'll let us buy you a drink. And they started drinking. And he knew his father, one of the boys' fathers. And he said, oh, let's go meet him. And well, let's it. go hang out. You want to hang out and go have a drink with us? He yeah. says, hey, why not? Let's go have it. It was cool how they had practiced how they were going to They probably could have had a out. good night if they had just played it cool, and they didn't. They just didn't cut his finger off. Uh, that's what it was. Is what it, they didn't so have to do w- once they're in, No, not at all. So once they're in the car, 
um, one of them busts out the chloroform, and Christopher yeah, Walken's sitting so in the, a passenger seat and not realizing he's going to flail all over the place and grab the wheel and everything, and they basically crash, but uh, they, they knock Christopher Walken up, and when he wakes up, he's tied to a chair in one of their, like, uh, brownstone apartments, yeah. and, uh, yeah, they had cut his finger off. I I was thinking, I was like, why not just put something on there and tell him they cut it off? Yeah, and keep not, it doped up the not, whole time. And, not, uh, and maybe he didn't cut it off. That would have been a great, but yeah, there's no coming back from that. You know, they, he would have forgotten. I don't know how all of them. I don't know. The movie got a little weird for me because I I would have thought that he would have just killed everybody. Yeah. We're not going to reveal the ending, but every. I've watched this movie probably every five years or so, and I always forget the ending. I always forget who is involved because at some point in the early on in the movie, you realize it's an inside job that one of these guys, one of these uh, young socialites. They just didn't show you who it was. They were meeting They they made everyone look like it like it was. They really wanted you to think it was Jay Moore, and then uh, you were thinking maybe it could have been Johnny Galecki at some point. And then at some point, her her brother admitted to it, but then not really. Yeah, there, there was a whole bunch of different going on. So they did a good job of kind of playing. The blame on different the movie people. was all about the dialogue from Christopher Walken, and it was all about Christopher Walken figuring it out. Yeah, like he was he was figuring out things that he didn't think that they were even. Uh, he's been doing catching. it for that long. Yeah, it's I like, mean, he's like, I've been a criminal forever. He's like, you guys. But what they wanted to do, the reason they kidnapped him in the first place, is they they said that um, the, uh, one of the one sisters of the sisters, of one of the one of the dude, the Elliot character, yeah. was kidnapped, and, uh, and, and he was also to, dating the. Uh, he was dating one of the other uh, the. Boondock Saints guy. Yeah. They said she was kidnapped. They want $2 million. Uh, we, we can't get her back. We want you to use your strength and your contacts to, to find out, to find out how it is and to front the money, really, yeah. basically, too. And if you do that, we'll release you, and obviously you're, you're going to forgive us. But they were like this. Every <laughs> every time she loses a body part, you lose a body part. Yeah, yeah. And it's like they pretended like she had gotten her finger cut yeah. off. So, and we see who the 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 kidnappers are. It's Brad Garrett and that other guy that's uh, that's kind of a goofball, a very Fargo type kind of thing. Where and, yeah. and there's something going on there that we won't uh, reveal and everything. But it was a fantastic movie just to see Walken be Walken, like this late in his career too. I mean, he's still doing movies and everything. But in '97, uh, this was a pretty. Uh, he was in almost every scene. I mean, it was he was the star yeah, of this yeah. movie really, and these other and he was characters. Tied to a chair. Yeah, and those guys had a probably had a blast making this movie. Oh, yeah. Those guys, and then, yeah, Dennis Leary is his right-hand like, man who's hunting them down. He's such an asshole, but he's good when he plays an asshole. Yeah. Great, like, scene that didn't even need to happen in the movie, but I love that it did, scene? was the uh, the scene where Dennis Leary goes to the girl from License to Drive's house. Oh, yeah, And yeah, she yeah, just yeah, got yeah. beaten by her dad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then uh, yeah. Dennis Leary goes in, and the guy's like... Like talking to Dennis Leary like he's a piece of shit, and then Dennis yeah. Leary just walks into the other room, knows something's wrong when he comes into the house, and the girl's got a black eye already, and yeah. it's looking all roughed up. So Dennis Leary walks into the other room, grabs a toaster, wraps the cord around his hand, and, and never insult somebody you don't know who God, they are, man. especially if they're assume... very confident in the situation. Yeah. Because there's a reason they're He just confident. sat down and told him this whole fucking story about how his father used to beat his mother and shit. Yeah, and he took and his how, favorite and, baseball bat and, and tuned him up. And beat his dad. And then after that, it, he's like, are you done? Send, i got to finish up on yeah, her. Yeah, send her back in on your way out. And then so Dennis Lear comes back in with a toaster and just palms it and just beats the guy half to death with a fucking toaster and everything. Yeah, it's creepy. Creepy, man. <laughs> Dennis Leary was great. Yeah. His, he was great, man. Back in the day when, you, when he came in, like the ref, it's, it's a shame that... Uh, 
what's his name? That douchebag has kind of ruined that movie for viewing for me. Uh, Spacey. Kevin Spacey. Because, man, Dennis Leary owned that movie, man. That's a, that's a random Christmas movie that people forget about where he just came in. Because his his whole stand-up was that fast-paced uh, annoyance where he makes lists of shit. Remember that great, uh, that great, it might have been one of his stand-ups or one of his albums where he was like, uh, where he goes off on uh, Fidel Castro. Oh, he says, yeah. we had a pissed off Fidel Castro. He would have been in the uh, Major League Baseball. And then we wouldn't have had this and we wouldn't have had that. <laughs> and it just it was he was classic for that type of stuff. I don't know what he does now. Dennis Leary. I mean, he's, he did that TV show for a while, the firefighting. It was like a firefighter no, show. Yeah, it was he did. a firefighter show. And then uh, just it just kind of disappeared yeah. after that. I'm not sure his uh, his kind of comedy would uh, continue to be uh, as popular these days. Yeah. Maybe, maybe with the wrong group of people though. <laughs> I've never seen Jay Morris stand up either, and he's kind of disappeared. I think he. I think a lot of people said he was kind of a dick, uh, but he was one of the. first I imagine pioneers. some of these people you haven't heard from before. Don't want to be in the spotlight oh, yeah. right now because once they Me Too did, happened, a lot of people some shit that they back. knew. Okay, if I if yeah. I'm out in the news every yeah, day, yeah, yeah, someone's yeah. gonna come forward oh, for sure. and say, "Oh, I remember that asshole fucking yeah. did something inappropriate." And, yeah, he was one of the pioneers of the podcast, though. Jay Moore, he was one of the early adapters for. Yeah, it. he did a sports one too. Yeah, he did. He did that. Him, Tom Green, Adam Curry uh, were like the three kind of big dudes that started. Big it. Uh, dudes. Uh, Gervais too. I think Gervais had one also. But yeah, Suicide Kings, man, it's one of those ones that you're not going to see played all the time on TV. But if you uh, if you come across it, you can buy it cheap. It was one of those movies that Artisan they made. Give these away. Yeah, Artist. Back in the day when it came out, Artisan made a lot of movies, and I think they just put out so many of them that you would always be able to find it in a case five bucks whenever so i'm sure you can get suicide kings for like two bucks online and it's so worth it it's one of those uh fantastic movies i think we talked about it only one other you time send an on address the pod. Buy one and send it to you. what's that yeah <laughs> i got my <laughs> own know. man you get mine <laughs> i think the last time we talked about it was when we did the pod with uh jelani because it was one of his favorite movies oh, yeah. and we talked about it so that was like early on like that was like, one of the first one. 10 yeah yeah, probably first 10 uh, episodes when we were actually had guests on and everything. Screw them. Yeah, it got hard, man. Trying to get a new guest every t- uh, week. First of all, we're on episode like 177. We don't know that many people. Is it 177? <laughs> Something like that. It's like 177. I haven't even once. met one. 177 people <laughs> yeah, so ever. I mean, once once we all are inoculated, I would uh, be all about having somebody uh, come and uh, join the pod or having more of a, with all three of us again. But uh, yeah, it works out well. <laughs> this way for at least a little bit <laughs> but yeah that's Christopher Walken man still doing movies I'm not even sure how old he is he's gotta be in his 80s right you would think hey he's gotta be in his 80s I'm not sure what even the last 78 movie he I's. looked in his 30s yeah it's true so, yeah you forget that he's yeah in the deer hunter he must have been in his 20s right late 20s early 30s late 20s early 30s so yeah he's been around for a while man still pumping him out I mean he's like a caricature you can get your own like Saturday Night Live best of with him on I it I mean the movie we talked so about uh, the other day that I Scotland PA yeah yeah he fantastic he, he that, really that would have been on here if we hadn't yeah. just talked about it but he 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 created that and just think about how many more fans he got from the Fat Boy Slim video mm-hmm. or from the Sad Night Live sketch yeah I mean the the cowbell thing yeah you, that's all you have to say to some people that that don't I know I put Christopher my pants Walken. on one leg at a time except when I do it I, I make gold records. <laughs> <laughs> Bruce, Bruce, Dickinson. Bruce Dickinson I think if Bruce 
if legendary producer Bruce Dickinson wants more combo, how weird did they pick? I the, think we should give it to him. How weird they picked the name of the Iron Maiden lead singer to play that uh, for that character. I always thought that was strange. I was like, why did they call him Bruce Dickinson? Do they not know that's the lead singer Iron Maiden? But well, who's playing himself? He's playing Bruce Dickinson. Well, not Bruce, Bruce Dickinson, the Iron Maiden singer. I think he was. No, he's playing some uh, Bruce Dickinson British first of all, and he's like, uh, and. That but would th- make no sense. I think they just made that character up as like the producer kind of character that he was doing. So I loved it, man. I have a fever. <laughs> uh, the only, the only ca- prescription is more, more cowbell. cowbell. God, man, <laughs> uh, this became famous like instantly. Who <laughs> <laughs> was uh, it? Was Fallon, Horatio Sands was yeah, playing Horatio bass? Horatio Sands, um, Chris Kattan, Chris Kattan, Will Ferrell, Will obviously, Ferrell, obviously, and Jimmy Fallon. Jimmy Fallon. Because Jimmy Fallon was losing it through the whole thing. Yeah. I think that was it. That was all of them, man. That was a great season, too, when all those guys were on there together, man. Yeah, good stuff. All right. My ride's here, obviously. Yeah, of course. <laughs> I, I take my airplanes everywhere. <laughs> so we're going to kill it for this week. But next week, we have a really great one. Me and uh, Justin, we're going to start a romance, man. We're going to have some romance I movies. Knew it. I knew it. <laughs> no, we got some off-kilter, kind of offbeat romance. He sent me his list, and I haven't sent him mine yet. I, I had initially made some picks, and then I did some alterations. Like, I can't talk about how I married. So I married an ex murderer anyway. I know. I would. I mean, because uh, that's the romance one you. That totally would was. Be I'm trying to think like off the beaten path and everything, and I got some good ones, man, that we Doc haven't Hollywood? talked about before. Haven't talked about that one. Which one is it? Doc Hollywood. I mean, say, it, it's so many movies you don't think there's romance in there, but if it's two characters that connect in it, I mean, you could you could work that out. I could say Natural Born Killers is a, a romance movie. That you can argue that all day long. True romance. Uh, true romance. Another one, man. We just talked about. Damn it. <laughs> but yeah, we got some good ones coming up with that. And then me and Dave are going to do 80s crime, man. Really great list. Give me for that list crime. soon. Yeah, I'll give you that so list. Can... You can uh, uh, get to them or, uh, or borrow them, whatever you need. And uh, then after that, me and Justin have an epic Batman pod going to happen, man. We're going to talk some good ones, some bad ones, but where it's going to be all Batman. A lot of our uh, superhero ones are pretty popular. So if you're a Batman fan, you got to tune in for that. That that goes well. We're gonna do a Superman. We'll do a Spider Man. We're gonna we're gonna work it out. Uh, but some really great stuff coming up in the next couple weeks. But till then, if you want to get a hold of us, you can check us out on um, Facebook that under Fascinated with Films. You can leave us a like or a comment under our two platforms, iTunes or SoundCloud, or you can shoot us an email, fascinatedwithfilms at gmail and we'll get back to you. So until next week, see ya. Bye. I got a fever, and the only prescription. It's more cowbell. <laughs>